Srimad Bhagavatam, 1st Canto, 2nd Chapter, 9th Verse. Translation purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In the chapter entitled Divinity and Divine Service. Spoken the 28th of August 2008, Kristabdo 522, Gorabdo. Sakabdo, I don't remember. Guruvar. The day of the Guru. Rihaspati. Spoken. And the Jagannath Baladev Subhadra Sudarshan Chakra Gornitai. Is it Gornitai or Nitai Gor? Gornitai Mandir. With Prahlad Narsingadev in the temple and the project. First phase, second phase inaugurated by former Prime Minister of India, Atal Bihari Bajpai, and Asuba Titi. On the very end of the Coimbatore city limits. Close to the international airport. In front of many assembled devotees, Vaishnavas, Vaishnavis. Harihi Om Tatsat. Dharmasya Hya Pavargasya. Dharmasya Hya Pavargasya. Nartor Tayo Pakalpate Nartasya Dharmaikantasya Kamo Labaya Hismita Dharmasya Yapa Vargyasya Nartor Tayo Pakalpate Nartasya Dharmaikantasya Kamolabhaya Hismita Prabhus
Translation. Hello. Translation. I think battery is down. Translation. All occupational engagements are certainly meant for ultimate liberation. They should never be performed for material gain. Furthermore, according to sages, one who is engaged in the ultimate occupational service should never use material gain to cultivate sense gratification. Where's the translation going on? You're blocking out the video. Report by Srila Prabhupada. There's translation in it. Is there translation going on? All occupational engagements are certainly meant for ultimate liberation. They should never be performed for material gain. Therefore, according to sages, one who is engaged in the ultimate occupational service should never use material gain to cultivate sense gratification. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. We have already discussed that pure devotional service to the Lord is automatically followed by perfect knowledge and and detachment from material existence. But there are others who consider that all kinds of different occupational engagements, including those of religion, are meant for material gain. The general tendency of any ordinary man in any part of the world is to gain some material and profit in exchange for religious or any other occupational service. Even in the Vedic literatures for all sorts of religious performances an allurement of material gain is offered. And most people are attracted by such allurements or blessings of religiosity. Why are so-called men of religion allured by material gain? Because Material gain can enable one to fulfill desires, which in turn satisfy sense gratification. This cycle of occupational engagements includes so-called religiosity followed by material gain, material gain followed by fulfillment of desires. Sense gratification (coughs) is the general way for all Excuse me. Sorts of fully occupied men. But in the statement of Sutta Goswami as per the verdict of the Srimad Bhagavatam, this is nullified by the present sloka. One should not only engage himself in any should not engage himself in any sort of occupational service for material gain only nor should material gain be utilized for sense gratification. How material gain should be utilized is described as follows in the next verse, which we're not reading now. That'll read tomorrow. 
The sense Bhaktivedanta Swami translation purport Srimad Bhagavatam 1st Canto 2nd Chapter 9th Text Divinity and Divine Service 28-8-2008 Gorabdo The Beloved Year The Year of Our Beloved Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Goranga Nityananda When they say Dharma, Prabhupada translates Dharma as occupational engagement. Something that one has to do. The Dharma For instance, of uh, sugar is to be sweet. The dharma of a chili is to be pungent or spicy hot. If you get hot sugar and sweet chilies, will that be good? Everyone needs to perform their dharma. Sweet chili... You need to get some pungent, spicy for digestion. So like that, what is our natural occupational duty? What we should do? Let's mention next verse. It's meant for inquiry into the absolute truth. That should be the goal of our life. But most people, they're simply into how to get material gain. And they don't think about their spiritual perfection, understanding what is absolute truth. This is the problem. That somebody knows better, if they're actually seeking the absolute truth, then they shouldn't just be getting money for sense gratification. I have a disciple, if he stays in his uh, present job, after a few years he'll get a very big increment. But he has to work so hard but he doesn't have time to do his preaching. So he's considering that I should even take a slightly easier job with normal hours, forfeit the big bonus I would get by becoming a partner in the company so that I can give more time to Krishna consciousness. Anyway, I'll get enough money. He's a very educated person. And in, in America... As a disciple, he was a mechanic. In India, mechanic is not necessarily highly paid, but in America, they're very highly paid because nobody wants to do mechanics anymore. They all want to do like white-collar job. So he's getting paid like $40 one hour. That's what, that's like uh, how much rupees?
Okay, 2,000 rupees an hour. Then he got promoted to be a manager, overseeing 11 of these uh, repair shops. But as a manager, you get no overtime. You have to know, you have to work overtime anyway, because 11 shop he has to go and review. So then he found it was very difficult to keep up his japa, keep up everything. He has to spend time with other big bosses and play golf and waste uh, past time to, so then he get higher and higher in the company. So he decided for a spiritual life he'll go back to being a mechanic. He would got more money because he has to work overtime, he get the double money. 4,000 rupees an hour. He's getting enough money. He can go to, go to, go leave work after eight hours work. If he works overtime, then he gets double pay. Doesn't have to stay till the end of everything and check all the accounts and check, lock the thing. So I just, these things came to mind because most people, they get material gain. Just because they want more sense gratification, but sometimes it doesn't work out in Krishna consciousness. In Bangladesh, another disciple, who's a, in Bangladesh is a majority Muslim country and it has a minority of Hindus, maybe 15-20% Hindus. So he was uh, being proposed that he should be promoted to the principal of the college. Now if the Hindu principal is there, it's good for our preaching. He's considered a very uh, elevated person in the society, a minority person, but he's in a senior position. So locally, a principal of the college in a small town, they're like in the top. Plus all the students, and we can also get easier facility for propagating to them. But he thought, this sense gratification. So I won't take it. But there was a mistake, because for the, in that case it was good for Krishna. He can do more service. The principal has less work actually, a little less. Not, he can make his own time. And he was, uh, but for some reason without asking me, without anything, he just uh, forfeited. So then the next, below him was promoted to principal. But that guy is always worried that he's going to take his job. Because he's senior to me. Anytime he could take my... So what he did is he made his life hell. And he put cases against him, said he was doing this, that. He won't let us preach in the college. I said, why did you do that? Why do you refuse to be the principal? Oh no, there's maya to be... So something you can use for Krishna, you shouldn't reject it. Something that just for nothing, you're earning money or working, but you're not able to use it. Or not even making any extra money. That's a different thing. But in this case, so we have to be very practical, especially people working, how to utilize their their energy in such a way that they can go on side by side with their Krishna consciousness. If the work itself is uh, useful for Krishna, then artificially we shouldn't uh, reject it. In Bolivia, I had a disciple. He was elected as a 
as a uh, deputy, as uh, Raj, uh, Loka Sabha of their country. So he was, uh, at that time we were being persecuted by the minority religion there. And they were putting a lot of pressure on us, but because he was in the parliament, he was able to help a lot. Then he also helped to bring many of the people to understand about Krishna. But he said it was very bad association. Being with all the other politicians. But I said, anyway, you're using it for Krishna, so you tolerate for some time. I don't know if any, we have any uh, Hare Krishna devotee here in India in Lok Sabha? <laughs> I haven't heard of it. <laughs> so, of course we have many friends, but uh, some different, you know, a lot of interesting things happen around the world. I went to uh, Russia, to the Siberia, to the Altai region, and there our head of the Hare Krishna movement has cultivated the local government very nicely. And they said they appreciate it. They said actually that in this Altai region, they consider that uh, 10% of the active religious people are Hare Krishnas. Vaishnavas. I said, how do you calculate that? There's 600,000 people. I said, well, 600,000 people in their city, they have uh, studied that on the biggest festival day of the year for each religion, how many people actually go to the churches or to temple or wherever. So they found that their majority religion there is the, uh, the Orthodox Christian. And uh, the Orthodox Christian, and the biggest day is Easter, in around around uh, April, Easter, when Jesus went back, was crucified and everything. So resurrected from the dead, whatever. So Easter day, ten thousand people go to the church. So they out of 600,000 people, 6 lakhs of people, only 10,000 go to the church. The biggest day of the year. And Hare Krishna's biggest day is Janmashtami. So in our Janmashtami, that over 1,000 people came. So of all the active people, 10,000 and like 12,000, 1,200. So we are 10%. Although, then this way they calculate it. <laughs> In Hungary, the government has a system that whoever belongs to any religion or believes in any religion, they can nominate that religion under income tax uh, and one half percent of the national money will go to those religions. Yeah. India, you don't get any tax exemption for religion, only charities. Huh? Yeah. 
So they go around every year before the tax returns are due and they get people to sign up. So they got 3% of the people of Hungary, taxpayers, to sign to give money to the Hare Krishnas. Interesting, huh? So like that, I don't know, you know, we have so many tens of thousands of people coming for the for the uh, Janmashtami. So how many active people? I mean, in Tirupati they had almost uh, somewhere between three and five lakhs. And Tirupati is not such a big place. What's population? What's was almost like almost everybody came, <laughs> I think. Maybe ninety percent, I don't know how many people, I don't know, Tirupati, maybe it's ten lakhs or five lakhs, I'm not sure exactly. So of course there are many people visiting that time, so hard to say. But the minimum they get about two lakhs, that's what they told me. So they convinced me. before I had been there for Vyas Puja, I was there before. So this time I said, Okay, I'll go for the uh Janvastami. Saiva Sharpa was a little angry with me. He wanted me to come here. But can't be everywhere at the same time. So this this time I could see how they do it. Interesting. So so many... Uh, How many came here? About uh, Rain there also. A little bit. Sometimes. It's a dynamic crowd. That's good. Good to be dynamic. Yeah. Not static. You give them a, two, what do you call a little cup of prasad? Grain or currency? But there they said the government under Pradesh made 24th uh, Janmashtami. Nectar of devotion. I'm inspired to make a, some kind of a PowerPoint, remind me, some multimedia show uh, from Nectar of Devotion. Because a lot of people, they don't understand what is the process of devotional service, but it's mentioned very clearly in uh, Nectar of Devotion. We start out practicing devotional service by regulative principle. That means that our initial states, even while we're in this material world, while we're in the conditional life, we should be very active in devotional service. 
we show our love to Krishna by devotional service. And then by being always absorbed in devotional service, we awaken our love for Krishna through the service. And when that's awakened and we realize our rasa with Krishna, then we go into another gear shift. But some people, they call sahajyas. They want to just immediately uh, imagine, okay, I'm a gopi, I'm a, I'm a parent of Krishna, I'm a friend of Krishna. And like that, they're doing their activities, speculating what their rasa is. Or just they think that, let me just meditate on uh, Krishna. But it says we should be always uh, busy in devotional service, Navavida bhakti. So Lord Chaitanya also, when he came, he engaged his associates uh, in different services. Even Gadadhar Prabhu, who is the incarnation of Radharani, when she was part of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's uh, pastimes, then she was also preaching when she was in Navadip. But he was as Gadadhar Prabhu, he was preaching. So, there's one, uh, I think the name of the place is Bharatpur. I went there because uh, our Bhaktivedanta Swami Charity Trust has done some repair work. So we went to see that work. The temple had been cracked and we fixed it. And there we read and found uh, the history that uh, Lord uh, Gadadhar, Gadadhar Prabhu, he went to that place and gave a class in Bhagavad Gita and then the whole village paid obeisances to him and said we accept you as our guru we surrender to you please guide us what we should do so then uh, he told uh, Gadadhar Prabhu told his secretary that I want you to stay here and guide them the secretary he wants to be, you know, with Lord, uh, with uh, Gadadhar Prabhu. So he was, he was shocked. Suddenly he got assigned to this preaching service. He said, "But I don't have any, uh, I don't have any uh, book. What I'll teach them." So Gadadhar Prabhu had his own personal copy of Bhagavad Gita that was signed by Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. It does the palm leaves. So he said, I'll give you my Bhagavad Gita. If somebody has Bhagavad Gita signed by Lord Chaitanya, he wrote one sloka there as Nimai Pandit. Will they give it to anyone? No. <laughs> but for preaching he gave it. He used my Gita, the Gita is still there. But so many people touched the place where Lord Chaitanya had written that it's half worn out. You can just barely see what was written. Now they put in a glass box. He said, but I don't have any deities. How so I'll teach, how so we'll do deity worship. The Gadadhar Prabhu around his neck he was wearing his own personal deity which is called Keo Krishna. It was like a Tota Gopinath, Krishna with uh, Radha and Lalita. So he said, I'm giving you this deity. This is not different from myself. Not different from Krishna. So 
he gave this uh, personal deity. I want you to make these people have surrendered. We have to train them to be Krishna conscious. Last night everybody raised their hand and said they're surrendering here. That's why we had to make a temple here. For all the surrendered souls. So then uh, they showed me that the system that this secretary had made, he got another set of deities later. And everybody in their house, they had their personal, they had like a triple altar, triple or double altar, where like Guru Parampara empties in the middle and write their personal deities. And the main deity from the temple was a brass deity about biggest Radhamada than Mayapur. Every day it would go on rotation to a different house and the whole family would be cooking. The, they're all initiated. The whole village took initiation from Gadadar Prabhu. They took the deity to their house. The husband would not work that day. He would just stay back and cook. Helped by the wife. Or the, together they would cook everything. Cook the Rajbog. Offer for the deity. Chant, kirtan, everything. The whole family would do the puja. Then they take the deity back to the temple to, for rest. Ready? I, I, never, I never saw such a... You ever heard of such a system? Whole village is centered around that deity. The deity goes to every house in the village. I mean, I, I, uh, still today. All vegetarian. So it's an interesting way if you ever want to make a village Krishna conscious. So here Gadadhar Prabhu, he's Radharani. She's doing the Ras Lila. But for Lord Chaitanya's movement, she does Sankirtan Yagya. As Gadadhar Prabhu. She's doing a deity worship in Jagannath Puri. Then uh, Sridam Prabhu. Sridam is one of the, is like the, almost the main sakha. Of uh, Krishna Leela. Somehow he stayed back in the material world from the Dwarpa Yuga. He was in Govardhan. When Nityananda Prabhu went to Govardhan, he, uh, he knew that Sridam Saka is uh, inside the cave in Govardhan. So he called out, Sridam! 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 Come out! Sridam, cowherd boy, came out. Who's calling me? So who are you? Asked Nityananda. He said, I'm Balai. Amongst the cowherd boys, they didn't say Balaram and uh, Krishna. They said Balai and Kanai. That was their nickname. Krishna Kanaya Bauji Kabaya. Krishna Kanaya Dauji Kabaya. Krishna Kanaya Dauji Kabaya. Like this, there's so many Rajwasi chants. So Dauji is another name also for big brother. That's named for uh, Balaram, Balai. But I'm Balai. But you don't look like Balai. You're short, you're small. Because in Dharpa Yoga, even the cowherd boy, five year old, they're so big. He said, this Kali Yuga, 
It's my form in Kali Yuga. Well, if you're really Balai, Balai was the only one who could beat me in a race around Govardhan. So, if you're Balai, prove it. On your mark, it said, go! And they both start running around Govardhan. Govardhan, 26 kilometers. Full speed they're running. They definitely win the Olympics. We should have our Vaishnav Olympics. Racing and walking around Govardhan. <laughs> Get purified. What is the use of just running around the track? <laughs> Run around Govardhan. No longer a frivolous sport. It becomes. The people doing this Dandavat Parikramas around the Govardhan. So holy place. The two are running, they're going around, they're going around the first corner, coming around the back, and it's neck to neck, going, 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 kind of coming in the bar side, going, going, reaching the half bar, coming around in the third quarter, still neck to neck, but then it's Nityananda goes forward, and it's Nitai going forward, forward, Nitai all the way, Nitai! The winner! So then she dances, okay, you're Balai. <laughs> now I believe you. So what's happening? You see what happened? Now it's 5,000 years, Kali Yuga. And Kanai came as Gora. And he's spreading the Harinam Sankirtan. I'm going to go to Navadip and help him spread. You want to come with me? Join me and Kanai for uh, Harinam Sankirtan Yagya? Okay, sounds good. But you can't come like this, you're like uh, oversized, you know. You have to come down to Kali Yuga size now. So Nityananda put his hand on uh, Sridham and squished him down. <laughs> Did you translate the sound effects? <laughs> <laughs> so then he became Abhiram Thakur Sri Ram Abhiram and uh, he went with Nityananda they met Lord Chaitanya they were together Abhiram went to Jagannath Puri was there with Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya. When Lord Chaitanya took sannyas. So then, before they were all doing together, Nitai Gaur were preaching, doing Namhata. But now Lord Chaitanya said, I left, I can't go back now so frequently to Bengal. I took sannyas, I'm going to preach around the rest of India and be here in Jagannath Puri. You don't have to come every year, but better you go back to Bengal and finish the work we started. Finish the preaching. So then uh, Nityananda agreed, but he said, I need some manpower. Prabhupada said that any enterprise needs uh, manpower, land, money, and organization. So here for the temple to expand, we also need uh, manpower. 
to expand our Guru Vayur center, everything, we need manpower. Money, organization, what else? Land, we got land. And uh, money can come, maybe, should come. Organization. But manpower, sometimes we're a little short. Some people say, why things aren't coming up, but then they don't want to come and contribute their time. That's important also. So, even Nityananda said, I need manpower. How can I preach without any manpower? So Lord Chaitanya said, okay, take who you need. He took about 45, 50 devotees, top associates. So one of them was uh, Sri Ram, uh, Sri Ram, I mean, uh, Ram, Abhi Ram Prabhu, Minikitan Ram Das, so many of these uh, associates, uh, the Sakas from Nityananda's pastimes. So they went back to Bengal. They were chanting and dancing all the way. And whenever they were, they were constantly talk, telling the pastime of Krishna while they are going back. So it took a little extra time. Because they get so excited, they go off the road here, go off the road there. And they, where are we? You know, some village... Uh, Where's the Bengal road? Back there, 10 kilometers. And they start walking and someone start telling about Krishna. Take a little time. Once they got there, they did a big kirtan in Panihati. And uh, in Panihati, they stayed for about three months. So 10,000 people start gathering for this kirtan. People would just come out of curiosity to see what's going on. The kirtan would be so ecstatic. They'd forget their family. They went out to buy shopping, to buy some, you know, cucumbers or something. They came, saw the kirtan, they forgot everything and joined the kirtan. Three days later, oh, my wife's waiting for the cucumbers. <laughs> they go back and people see they're like so smiling and Blissful, they just been in three days of kirtan. Something blessing that nobody felt tired in this kirtan. You do kirtan, people get tired and hungry. But uh, somehow it kept going. Did someone see this person like coming? Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Ram, Hare Ram. What happened to you? Wow, there's this kirtan in Panihati at Bhagavad Pandit's house. Wow, I feel so blissful. Then they go and see, they get also sucked in. So this is start increasing, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, until I got 10,000. Then they start tearing up Bhagavad Pandit's gardens and some of the devotees got ecstatic, uh, so ecstatic they start manifesting mystic powers, one jumping from one one tree to the other. Hari bol, hari bol. Like a balloon. Then one, uh, he, the Abhiram Prabhu, he picked up a 20 meter long bamboo. What just like this and was playing it like a flute. But you can imagine the... 20 meters. 60 feet long, gigantic bamboo. He's playing it like this. The fulcrum, the... Then uh, one devotee, another devotee picked up seven uh, palm trees and pulled them out of the ground, started dancing with them. 
Then one picked up a gigantic mango tree, I must weigh what, 20 tons or so, picked it up and started dancing with it. Then Raghupan had said to Nitana Prabhu, I gotta do my deity seva, they're pulling out all my trees. <laughs> I won't have any more mangoes to offer, no more supari, nothing, I can't get, offer anything. So then, okay, okay, we'll move on. So like that they are going in around Bengal doing a big kirtan and then somewhere they drop off when there's a good response they drop off some associate this is your Guru Data Desh this is your area to develop. Then they go like so the Abhiram was uh, stopped at Krishnanagar or Kanakula Krishnanagar not the one by Mayapur but this is another one in Hooghly district. It's uh, to the western side of uh, the Ganga. We're on the eastern side. And it's uh, it's like a, maybe like opposite Panihati, a little bit further north of Panihati also. There's some uh, famous Shiva temple not too far, maybe like 50 kilometers or 30 kilometers and they're called Tarekishar. Some people heard the name maybe. But, uh, so he had built his temple there at Gopinath Didi. So he had his area for preaching. Then, uh, so Nityananda Prabhu would come, get the reports, and do Harinam to the villages. He had his disciples, so he sat down, Abhiram Prabhu sat down with them. They had a map, said, okay, we had to make this whole area Krishna conscious. What are we doing? They said, okay, we have a Namahati here, we have a Namahati here. So what about this village? Nothing there, there's no devotee. Why not? Somehow nobody showed any interest. He said, okay, next he said, we have Namahata in this village. Let's do a festival there, one week, drama, kirtan, feasts. Then someone from this village will come. When they come, we'll make uh, some contact, make some friends. Then we'll gradually do some program in their village and we'll make uh, their village also Namhata. So here, Sridham, Krishna's eternal associate, cowherd boy, Gopa, Saka, Priyasab, I don't know what the technical word, Marma, Priya, Maha, Saka, you know. He's super. He's like the can't get any bigger sakha than he is. He's down here planning out the Sankirtan preaching. How to spread, engaging people, making festival, cooking prasad, distributing prasad. Just like you want to be part of the Krishna Lila, you have to maybe be with the cows. If you want to be part of Chaitanya Lila, you have to be with the Sankirtan. Sankirtan Yagya Ki! So Kali doesn't want this Sankirtan. So he'll tell you, don't do preaching, don't do all this uh, devotional service. You just come with me to, uh, to Gorakhpur or to Vrindavan or someplace and uh, you just sit there and uh, speculate that you're a great devotee. And whatever you do, don't preach to anybody. And when he preaches, you criticize them that you're all, you know, neophytes. But if you see the history, all these great devotees, liberated souls, they were engaged. This is the Chaitanya Lila. He came as a Brahmana, he did preaching. 
Krishna first came as a Vaishya Leela, he did cow herding. So this part of this Leela is to be engaged in different preaching. Taking deity worship, this also people come, they see the deity, that's also kind of preaching. If we didn't have deities, 50,000 people wouldn't have come for Janmashtami, right? So, this was uh, the, the past time we went to his place, it was a very amazing place. There's a Bakul tree there, they call it a Siddha Bakul. There's also Siddha Bakul in uh, Puri. There also. So they told the story how this uh, became a Siddha Bokul. Bokul tree is one of the heavenly planet trees that come to earth. It's very uh, small leaves, very thick, small fruit, little flowers, very scented flowers. So Nitiranda used to go and, and when he visited there, he'd sit under that tree. They didn't have air conditioning, they had tree conditioning. The shade would cool you down and the breezes. So, one time some, uh, some yogi, maybe some tantric yogi, he came there and he thought, what are these Vaishnavas doing? We tantrics are very great, we can do so many things. I can do spells on people, I can destroy things. I want to show them how great I am. They should take me as their guru. Then he put a curse, a spell, whatever, on that bokul tree and burned it to the ashes. Burned it to ashes. Then inside the temple, Sridam, I mean, uh, Abhiram Prabhu is doing his puja. Some disciple answers, some crazy yogi just burned down the Lord Nityananda's bokul tree. So then he came running out and he saw the tree just ashes. So where is Nityananda going to sit? This is his favorite sitting place. So normally the Vaishnavas, they don't show even if they have mystic power, but he was so angry. And he's already a Nitya Siddha. I mean, he's eternally liberated. He's not at all a conditioned soul. He took a hair from his head and threw it on the ground and said, Bokul, I don't know exactly what mantra, but like Bokul, Briksha, Punar Bhava. Pure speculation. <laughs> and it, boom, it came back. So it was resurrected from the dead. Siddha Bokul. Now, burning tree is not even you can do with a match. But to make it come back again, that's a little more tough. So that tantric uh, jogi was looking at me, uh oh. <laughs> I was messing around with the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> then Sridham, I mean, Abhi Ramprabhu turns to him. <laughs> he falls down the ground, I surrender, I surrender. Forgive me. They said, only you have to stop all this nonsense, become a Vaishnava, chant uh, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So, he joined the Sankirtan movement. Now that Bokul is still there, because it died, 
and he brought back, it doesn't give any more fruit. It's a brahmachari. <laughs> or brahmacharini, I don't know. But it, year round, normally before the fruit comes the flower. There's a miraculous thing, year round it gives flowers, which they use for the deities. You can still go and see it. Flower all year long. No fruits. How many want to see that Siddha Bokul? <laughs> so, like that. We do our devotional. So even you're liberated, you can do this uh, preaching. But what to speak, we get, we're so fortunate, even when we're a neophyte, we're not yet uh, fully liberated. We can be engaged in this cooking for Krishna, greeting people. In Chaitanya Leela, people, uh, the, the Shrub Damodar used to give the Chandan, Nityananda used to bathe people's uh, feet. Different people would do the different kinds of uh, sevas to receive all the guests. And although they came from the Golok Vrindavan, but we get the opportunity now to do it on their behalf. So this is a way of purifying ourselves, of representing Lord Chaitanya and then getting some special mercy so we can very quickly go back to the Nitya Lila. This is much more effective than just uh, speculating something. But Kali doesn't like us to do the preaching because it makes devotees. And you sit down in Vrindavan and you do some japa that doesn't make as many devotees, unless your japa is very pure. Once there was a lady asked Prabhupada, chanting is the greatest thing, why don't I just do chanting? The Prabhupada said, okay. You chant, you be here in Mayapur, you eat once a day, sleep three, four hours a day, and chant the whole day. Can you do it? You'll go, Hare Krishna. <laughs> Hare Krishna. <laughs> it's not easy to chant unless you've awakened your taste for chanting. And that we awaken by serving. One devotee once went to Vrindavan, I think I want to be a Babaji. Then he saw that the Babajis are fighting with a fist fighting over who gets the japati. <laughs> he said, no, better to be in this one. <laughs> if someone's working, of course, this verse, like we have many people working in the Middle East, so some of them who get a, a, a better job, they're building their house in India. So when they build the house, they also build next to the house, instead of garage, they build small temple, kirtan hall, so that they, when they come back, they can also have a facility for preaching. They can have namhat meeting, neighborhood kirtan festival. We need clothes, we need food, we need house, we need health. Basics we need. After that, what are you going to do with the extra money? 
So people have more money if they're able to create a surplus. Then they can use the surplus for preaching also. Just like this temple is built by donations, you want to build a big temple, those who have some surplus income, instead of using it all for sense gratification, use it for Krishna's seva. This is the idea. We don't just, uh, we, we need survival and we want to serve Krishna. Most people serve Krishna to get more money, to get more sense gratification. <laughs> we want more money to do more service for Krishna. And we want to survive. It's okay, be comfortable. But not unlimited, how much the senses can enjoy anyway. We can only eat so much. We can only sleep so much. You can only have so many children. If you break them all, Krishna conscious, no problem. <laughs>